Welcome to the Undefeated Podcast with Sara. Did you know that you don't need to live feeling defeated in any area of your life? I believe a huge part of us learning to live from the place of victory is learning to see from God's perspective and discern what's heaven's agenda in this particular season in your life and in the world around you. In this podcast, we will practice discerning what God is doing, both regarding our individual journeys and corporately, so that we can partner with Him in seeing His kingdom come and will be done right now on earth as it is in heaven and live our lives undefeated. So it has been quite a wild and crazy week. We just registered over 180 BSSM students to be part of our BSSM dance community with my team. Plus, I just started the first ever open dance community for our local church, and we had our first gathering for that. And even without actually advertising it anywhere publicly, besides just a quick Facebook post, there were already 50 local church members who wanted to get plugged in. Plus, I also have about 40 dancers who are already ministering on different dance teams in our local church and healing rooms who I'm overseeing and organizing their rotations. And that's not even counting the kids who dance with us. So it has been super exciting to see that there are so many people who want to learn to connect with the Lord, with their whole spirit, soul and body. But honestly, it's been a little overwhelming as well, trying to organize everything. <laughs> and I've been pouring out so much this week that it has made me very aware of the need to make sure that my inflow matches my outflow. And I actually recently heard Jason Vallison talk about this and he was referring to the inflow and outflow both emotionally and spiritually and also when it comes to our physical strength. So that when we pour out a lot for other people, that we need to make sure that we take care of our own needs for our spirit, soul, and body. And it made me think of this funny story, how just recently my brother told me that my little nephew had been praying for me before he went to sleep, which is so cute and powerful. And I love that. But what my nephew had prayed was that Sara Tati, which is uh, Auntie Sara in Finnish, that she would eat healthy, <laughs> which was super random and quite hilarious, especially because they live in Finland and he doesn't really have any clue on how I eat. Um, and actually, I would say that I have pretty healthy eating habits. Well, at least when it comes to breakfast, I actually have been having the same breakfast for quite a while. I absolutely love this bread you can get from Trader Joe's that's called European style bread. It's this like grainy, nutty, really dense, dark bread. And the key is that you need to toast it well so it's super crispy 
and then you put a thin layer of whipped cream cheese on top of it and raspberries and blueberries and then you sprinkle over it some homemade almond butter which i made with like roasted almonds a little bit of salt some local honey and coconut oil and oh my goodness it is so good <laughs> and of course it's served with pour over coffee with either feast or theory beans yes i'm a little bit of a coffee snob and also the breakfast dessert which is totally a thing there needs to be a breakfast dessert with your coffee so uh it has traditionally been two of those traded shows traded shows three ingredient honey mints okay i just want to go to bed now so i can wake up and have breakfast again <laughs> uh but anyway that's like i would say semi-healthy maybe not super healthy but uh you know, it's not a horrible breakfast to have. And uh, and I mean, I typically do eat pretty healthy otherwise too. I don't really eat chunk food just because I don't really like it. But I do, you know, I love my chocolates. I love every once in a while to have some croissants or some blueberry pastries or uh, cinnamon rolls and stuff like that. So there's probably <laughs> room for growth when it comes to eating healthy Um yeah, but I really felt like even the prayer and the word, I mean, I, I do think this wisdom in eating healthy uh, food, but I, I feel like it caught my attention in a way like, what is my intake? How do I feed my spirit and my heart? And, uh, you know, like I said, I believe eating healthy is very beneficial, but I do think it's even more important to really be intentional on what we feed our hearts and our spirits with and what's the intake there. And so Jesus said in Matthew 15 that what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. And in the same chapter... Matthew 15, verse 17, he continues and says that, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Yeah, so that was like Jesus' response when the Pharisees were judging his disciples uh, eating without washing their hands. And uh, so Jesus was saying that what really matters is actually what goes into our hearts. And, and that's in a direct connection to what actually comes then out of our hearts. And so what we feed our heart and our spirit with, that is so crucial. And Jesus also said in John 4 verse 34, that my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And also in Matthew 4 
verses 1 through 4, it says that then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I, I, love, I love so many things about this verse. I love that Jesus was actually quoting scripture back to the enemy. And, and I love how Jesus says that man does not live on bread alone. I like to choke about that verse <laughs> to justify my love for European bread. Because it indirectly implies that we do live on bread as well, just not on bread alone, you know. But of course, uh, the point is that it's the listening and obeying God's word that brings life. So it's about the hearing and the doing. And like I said, Jesus was actually quoting scripture back to the enemy so he was quoting from deuteronomy 8 um so it's found verses 2 and 3 where it says that remember how the lord your god led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands he humbled you causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so the same principle about God's words being the real bread of life, it's, it's found in so many places in the scriptures. There's another verse that I really love in Isaiah 55, I'll read verses 1 through 3. It says that, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? See, there it is again. That's a good point. It's good to spend money on bread, in other words. Okay, uh, moving on. So why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an, make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Uh, so I, I love that it's again here, it's referring to that, uh, that listening to what God is saying, like that is actually, that is the bread of life for us. Uh, and so it also actually the same chapter continues. I'll read from the verse eight onwards. It says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, 
so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be let forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper and instead of briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Wow, it's such a beautiful passage then. And I love like the whole idea that when it says that like the rain makes the earth flourish and it brings forth the grain that then becomes our bread. So the same way God's word becomes the bread of life for our spirits and it actually accomplishes what it was sent to do. And, and so Jesus himself is actually the word in flesh. He's the word that became flesh. And in John 6 verse 35, uh, Jesus says that, uh, so it goes, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And actually, like it's the bread of his presence that we all really need. And even in the Old Testament, there's this beautiful reference. Um, It talks about the bread of presence that was always present on a table in the tabernacle of Moses and also later in the temple uh, in Exodus 25 verse 30. Um, it says that put the bread of the presence on this table to be before me at all times. And the bread of the presence, which was also called the show bread. Um, uh, so it could only be eaten during the old covenant by Aaron and his sons um, in the holy place. And uh, it was set out every Sabbath and you might remember the story but at one point in David's life when he was on the run from Saul he asked the priest uh, for food and the priest gave David the bread of the presence since it was the only bread that was available and David was not a priest so it was technically unlawful for him to eat that show bread or the bread of the presence And then later on, Jesus refers to this event and uses it kind of like a proof that the law was designed for man's benefit and and that Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, the beautiful thing is that in the new covenant, we all are called to be the holy priesthood. Like in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says that, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So our daily bread uh, as God's royal priesthood is the bread of his presence, the presence of God. 
and actually getting to hear his words and and abide in him and follow his words and we just had a a meeting with our local church dance community last night and and we talked about the same thing that even in dance ministry that we are not just called to dance for God but we are actually called to dance with him and the whole point is that we would actually learn to walk with God and acknowledge his presence on a daily basis consistently that we would learn to host his presence 24 to 7 and not just try to find him when we pray or read the bible or when we dance or do dance ministry or any kind of ministry but that it would actually become a lifestyle of of abiding in him abiding in his presence and and that when we are in his presence we actually naturally the most natural thing for us is to hear his voice when we are in his presence it's not hard to hear someone talk to you when you walk with them and again i have nothing against doing like retreats when we specifically take time to hear god and all of that but it really should become a lifestyle of connection with his heart and i i think in practical terms like what i'm talking about is just learning to turn our affections and our thoughts on him throughout the day and it reminds me of this old book called practicing his presence i think that's what it's called by brother lawrence who was a monk who spent most of his life serving in a kitchen and it was like while he was peeling potatoes he just practiced uh, like connecting with God's heart in whatever he was doing in the middle of whatever he was doing you know whether it's washing the dishes or peeling the potatoes and and I think like the more we get to know God and the more we get to know his heart it actually is the natural overflow of our love for him that draws our hearts and our thoughts on him like the same way like when you love someone you don't need to try to remind yourself to think of them it just happens without you needing to set any reminders for yourself to do that and so in our meeting last night we also talked about the fact that sometimes we walk through seasons when we can't feel God's presence on like emotional level and and they can be longer seasons like that or they can also even be like days within the same week that can feel so different and I Actually, I was talking about also specifically about the fact that this past week um, we had some, we had several different worship times in our school of ministry in BSSM that felt dramatically different from one another. And uh, like one day it literally felt like heaven just landed on us. Like we all felt it like whether you are feel or not like you could feel that god was in the room like it was absolutely incredible like it was one of those like glory glory moments where god's presence felt so tangible and then another day there was a worship time 
where the whole worship team, including my dancers, we all felt really disconnected. And we like we talked about it afterwards. It was almost like this feeling like, where did God go? <laughs> like, did he leave us? <laughs> because we couldn't feel him on like emotional level that day. And of course, I'm choking when I'm saying like, did God leave us? Because of course he didn't. And actually, I believe that those are the times when we grow most in faith, when we can't feel him, but we choose to worship him. And I believe that those times really bring so much joy to God's heart when he gets to receive our love and our adoration and devotion that's not dependent on our feelings. And also, it's actually interesting how back to that service where it felt like we didn't feel God's presence or didn't feel anything emotionally. Uh, like when we were debriefing with the teams afterwards and I we talked about that with our dancers and then we chatted with some of the worship team members and heard that the worship team also felt the same, like they hadn't felt anything and it almost felt like my dancers were picking the same thing from the worship team, the musicians and the vocalists, what they were experiencing during the worship set. However, the rest of the room uh, who we were leading with the dancers and the musicians, uh, they actually felt the presence of God very strongly that day, also on the emotional level. So I found that very fascinating that there can be times when you are leading others, whether it's by yourself or with a group of people, and it could be that none of you who are leading feel a thing, but your obedience to the Lord and your like intentional pursuit of Him actually leads others to experience God in tangible ways. And uh, this whole topic made me think of... Uh, uh, an article that I read by Graham Cook that's called uh, Understanding Hiddenness and Manifestation. And I, I want to read part of this article because I think it's very helpful. I won't read the whole thing. You can Google it and read all of it for yourself later. But um, I'll just read a few paragraphs. So he says that at certain times in life, we feel the presence of God very tangibly. Our whole life seems touched by his presence and we freely enjoy being with him. At other times, God seems to be distant or even absent. We don't feel his presence in the same way as we did. Maybe not at all. We don't experience the sense of peace and well-being that we enjoyed before. Why is this? Is it normal? Is it because we have done something wrong? I believe the answer lies in understanding the ways of God more fully and deeply and learning to live accordingly. This article focuses on the area of hiddenness and manifestation and seeks to help the reader to discern these seasons on, of the ways of God. Living within the flow of these seasons is a critical spiritual discipline to learn. Once you understand them and learn to flow with them, you will enjoy a real sense of freedom and will not be buffeted by emotions or circumstances as you once were. Manifestation describes the times when you feel God's presence and his touch upon your life in a very immediate way. He's just there. 
those times are wonderful and effortless. But God also brings seasons of hiddenness into your life. And although he's still very much with you, you don't feel his presence in the same way. It seems at times that God strips away all the external paraphernalia of your life and denies it to, denies it to you. At those times, you have to believe that you have peace with God because you don't feel it in your emotions. Manifestations, manifestation is about experiencing all that God is doing. Hiddenness is about possessing the things of God through his word by faith. During times of hiddenness, you must learn to rely on the promises that God has made to you through the Bible. Perhaps the simplest way to explain it is to say that manifestation is a time of blessing. Hiddenness is a time of building. God desires to build you through seasons of hiddenness because he wants you to learn the discipline of walking by the Spirit. Developing an ongoing walk with God by the power of the Holy Spirit is a discipline. Practicing faith is a discipline. Hiddenness is God's way of establishing these disciplines in your life. Once established, they prevent the enemy from invading your life and touching you because regardless of your emotions, you know how to find the presence of God. You have a constant assurance of his presence and his commitment to you. Understanding the fact that sometimes God is hidden and sometimes manifest will ground you in your faith and help you to have a more consistent walk with him. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, you will know how to live in the grace of God. Some days you will feel very close to God and others you won't. But it won't matter because you will know that you can live enjoying God's presence when you feel it and enjoying living in your faith when you don't. Uh, I think I'll just wrap it up there. It keeps going and it's just has so much beautiful wisdom in this article but you can read the rest of it uh, I think I got the main points that I wanted to highlight for today and and just God's uh, God's heart in and his commitment to us like whether we are feeling something on emotional level or not and understanding that his presence is our daily bread it uh <laughs> there's the old song that says that this is the air i breathe your holy presence living in me this is my daily bread your very very word spoken to me and uh and that god's presence and his words are actually always available for us whether we are feeling it or not um and obviously his written word is what gets us rooted and grounded in his heart and actually connects us with his presence. Uh, and I, I just feel like God is wanting to like really minister to all of our hearts in this current season and just really bring that assurance of faith to our hearts that, uh, that he is with you. And that he's actively involved in your life. And, and I also I talked about this with my third years this week. How like I feel such a like, uh, invitation from heaven to really 
connect with God's written word and just fully like make sure that our intake from his word is consistent and um, and just that we are nourishing our spirits with the word of God. And, and I just want to pray for all of you right now, no matter what season, if you feel like you are in a season of uh, hiddenness or manifestation where it's easy for you to emotionally connect or not, that no matter what, that uh, that your heart would be so uh, so in that place of rest, knowing that when you seek him, he is found, he's being found by you, that he's not hiding from you so that you couldn't find him, but he, he hides so that we would find him. And, uh, and I just, I, I bless that pursuit of God, uh, no matter where you are at emotionally. Yeah. And I, I thank you, God, that you want to make yourself found and you want to make yourself known by us. Yeah, thank you, Father. I thank you for the bread of your presence that, uh, yeah, Lord, that you, you desire that uh, connection that's consistent and, and that you want, to, you want to abide in us as we abide in you. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Thank you, God. And I even also just pray that uh, during this this week, Lord, that our awareness of you would become so great that it would be the center focus of our lives. Yeah, Lord, that we wouldn't be so quick to ask for other people's opinions and thoughts, but we would first and foremost always just tune our hearts into your heart and, and ask what you think about circumstances and and how you want us to posture our hearts. And yeah, Lord, we want to be so connected to your heart. Yeah, we love your presence, God. Lord, we, we adore you. Lord, you are our first love. Yeah. We love your presence. Yeah, we love you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, so I bless all of you to be so like intentionally connected to God's heart and to his presence and to his word. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful week. Bye for now.